After more than eight years, the United States men's national team is finally back at the round of 16 in a World Cup. It wasn't an easy road, but they made it. Today, we're looking into the key factors behind the USMNT's group stage success. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backyield Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the USMNT in just 10 minutes or less. We've been in your ears throughout the USMNT's run in Qatar with quick, informative episodes, and after the World Cup, we'll zoom out to look at the rest of American soccer, too. Here at Backyield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. When we're talking about the USMNT's success so far in Qatar, the first key has to be the defense. And this is something that I've talked about before on this show. We've written articles about it up on Backheel.com. But the USMNT's defense is the real deal. They were consistently good throughout qualifying, and they've been consistently good so far in the World Cup. I'm going to run through some numbers here before we go any further on the defensive side. Against Wales, they allow just 7 shots and 0.76 non-penalty expected goals. They didn't allow chances. They didn't allow many high-quality shots. The only goal that Wales scored came from a penalty. That's the only goal the U.S. has allowed so far in the World Cup. Against England, eight shots allowed by the U.S. and 0.77 non-penalty expected goals. This is from FOTMOB. Finally, against Iran in Group B, the U.S. allowed just four shots in 0.42 non-penalty expected goals. The U.S. have given up nothing in open play. They've been incredibly solid in the back. After the U.S. lose the ball in the attacking half, their counterpressing has been very, very good throughout this entire tournament so far. Even the last-ditch defending, yes, Zimmerman has that tackle on Gareth Bale that does give Wales that goal in the opening game. But generally speaking, you can even look to the game against Iran recently as an example of this. The U.S. have dealt with crosses into the box. They've headed those things away. And again, they have not given up much of anything in open play in this competition When we're trying to assign credit and give success to certain parts of this team, we have to start, I think, with how well they've defended not just the back line, not just Matt Turner, but as a unit. The next step for the U.S. and the next key for them really in this competition has been figuring out the attack. And they did it at just the right time. I talked about this earlier in the week, but the U.S. finally broke 1.0 expected goals in their third game of the tournament. They didn't have more than one against Wales. They didn't have more than one against England. They'd only scored one goal between those two games. They finally break that 1.0 XG barrier in the third game. And no surprise, the team was clicking in that match. That was the best game we've seen the U.S. play, I think, in quite some time now. They scored a beautiful goal in that match. According to Opta, the 11 passes leading to Christian Pulisic's goal against Iran was the longest buildup to a USMNT goal at the World Cup in the modern era. The U.S. was saucing a little bit. They weren't perfect against Iran, and I I mentioned that on a past episode as well, but they did a lot of good stuff in that game in the attack. Weston McKinney dropping to create a little bit. Matt Turner looking like a deep-lying playmaker in goal, looking like the goalkeeper that I think Greg Berhalter really wanted Zach Steffen to be. Turner was brilliant in build-up in that match. He was good against England as well. Things clicked for the U.S. finally in that last group stage game. I'm not under the illusion, and I don't think people should think this either, that the U.S. are a perfect attacking team or that they have figured everything out, but it clicked. It clicked in the exact moment that it needed to click. The building blocks are there. The U.S. are playing some of the most interesting tactical soccer in the World Cup, and the attack firing on almost all cylinders against Iran is an example of that. 
finally, this could be a much longer list. Yes, we've talked about the defending, we've talked about the attacking, but where I want to finish today's episode is on individuals, right? The U.S. have had far more players with good performances consistently in this group stage than they've had players with bad performances. And Tyler Adams is maybe the best example and has maybe been the best player for the U.S. He's wearing the captain's armband. He's answering difficult questions eloquently in in pre-match press conferences. He's this team's leader, and he's playing like it, too. He is covering every single blade of grass, covered more ground than any player, either American or Iranian, in that final group stage game. He's counterpressing. He's even connecting some play in possession. Adams has been brilliant. Weston McKenney has been brilliant. I talked about him on this show as being someone who should just get in the box. You don't want to build through him. And then he comes out against Iran and has the MLS assist, right? He plays Dest into the box with a lovely chipped ball over to the right side of the, the 18. Then Dest finds Pulisic and the U.S. are 1-0 up. That goal does not happen, and the U.S. are not through to the knockout rounds without Weston McKinney. The same can be said for Christian Pulisic. As inconsistent as he's been, he's come up big in the two moments that the U.S. needed him to come up big. The assist for Weah in the first game, the goal where he crashes the box on the weak side in the third game, Pulisic has delivered for this team. Tim Weah as well you can put into this category. The, the center backs, Tim Ream especially you can put in this category. Dest you can put in this category. The list kind of goes on and on. The U.S. have been pretty good so far. They haven't been barn burners. They haven't been elite in this World Cup so far, but the players are performing. The defense has been there the whole time. The attack maybe looks like it's clicking. And all of a sudden, I think there's some real optimism for this game against the Netherlands that's coming up on Saturday. Now, we'll have more coverage of that game both before and after. Previews and analysis, much more to come here on the Backfield Show. That's it for this episode. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, Check out backheel.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you soon.